Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, uh, we're back. Uh, I bought a PlayStation 5, and we're ready to talk about a bunch <laughs> so of So did stuff. I! What? <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, uh, not ah, for I me. Thought I, had, I thought I would... Uh, <laughs> wait, did you say three? No, I said oh. not for me. Oh, oh, oh. I'm like, geez, are you going into the... <laughs> Side yeah, side I just business? decided to just become a reseller yeah. and like scam everybody out of all their dollars, and I just bought all the PlayStation and in recorded Canada. it yeah. and put it on the internet. I mean, I get exactly. edited this out exactly. <laughs> well, I, you know, it's funny. I know, uh, I know, our mutual friend had said that you had picked one up for him. So, um, I, I guess I kind of knew that, but I didn't really connect the dots. But no, I, I that's really good that you were able to find one. It'll be interesting to compare notes on how you were able to find one because. I feel like it's getting easier, but not really um, to, to get. I feel like it's it's still a matter of timing. Yes. I think that the um, the offerings that are available are still small and sell out quickly. So I do still think it's a matter of timing, but we're no longer like crashing websites and stuff. But it is very much like so the what actually happened was uh, his wife had reached out to me on like February 12th. And was like, uh, so Adam's been talking about getting a PlayStation and I really want to get it for him for Valentine's Day. Can you help? And I'm like, two days, two <laughs> days to find a PlayStation. I'm like, I'll do my best. And so obviously not, there was no stock that opened up because I, I have found now that I've been paying attention to it for like 10 days or so that there's kind of been stock showing up every like three or four days, like once or twice a week. Mm hmm there will be like more stock popping up somewhere. Um, so yeah, I actually like, I couldn't find her one with two days notice, but um, I did find one um, this past week. So I was able to actually grab that for her. And the only way that I saw it, cause um, I think we talked when, back when I was looking for an Xbox about that um, Twitter account. Uh, and I'm totally blanking on the um, the name of the of the guy. Oh, oh my God. Uh, you know what? I bet you if I open Twitter and scroll a little bit, I'll see it because he's you'll probably posting. find him because he is. Yeah. Prolific. But uh, it's like it's the it's the Canada game deals Twitter account. Yeah. It starts with an L. I can't remember what is what his tag is, though. But anyways, um, there's an entire discord called Video Game Deals Canada. And you can basically sign up for a role and then it'll ping you every time like a PlayStation is found or an Xbox is found or whatever role you assign yourself. So I assigned myself the PlayStation role and I was actually sitting down at my computer playing Hearthstone and I was waiting for a friend to message me on Discord. And then so I looked up, played a game of Battleground or played a turn of Battlegrounds, looked back down at my phone and saw that I had like five missed Discord notifications. And I was like, oh, my God, good. I really, really want to see uh, him play Valheim, which is what I'm going to talk about today. And uh, so I went to check my my DMs and it was like it was all messages from this discord being like PlayStation's found. And it was at like 1245 at night. Like it was super late. It was after midnight. And uh, so obviously, I mean, like there might have been some West Coasters that were like still up and paying attention. But the vast majority of Canada's already gone to bed because they're not crazy people like me on a work night. So. Anyways, I ended up being able to pick it up through um, it was like a, a pre-order sort of thing through Walmart. 
So I've like paid for it, but they're like, yeah, we're not actually going to have them in stock. and We're not going to be shipping them until the first week of March. So it's not actually in my hands yet, but it's come off my credit card. So Walmart, you better deliver. (laughs) Also, Adam, best pay up. No. Yeah. So it's uh the Twitter account is L uh L Babins so L B A B N or I N Z and uh I mean I can link it in the show notes but I mean it's it's the it's it, Canada only which is something yeah. we really should emphasize oh, because like every single time I see a post from him people are responding to it and getting mad that it that it's Canada only I'm like literally <laughs> like his whole entire Twitter is like Canada 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 flags Canada deals like yep. and like the first comment on everything is like can I order this from the US it's like <sighs> get your own stock but no yeah he, right <laughs> he's the he's the Canadian Wario 64 so if you are in the states and yeah. you follow Wario 64 um i'm crazy and i follow both of them which is uh which is a lot to to say the least and i think i think the reason i was following both of them is uh before is that i found that warrior 64 would tweet things that you know we our patreon pays out in u.s dollars so sometimes there are deals that we can pick up in canada digital deals um that are in u.s funds but i find they've been kind of tweeting in parallel now so it might be worth Mm. experimenting especially now that i've been able to order a, a playstation 5 um i saw the walmart drops at midnight and i had said to ashley because i've been kind of driving her crazy with the oh I'm trying to get at this <laughs> playstation 5 and um uh walmart and a couple other stores always drop at midnight and she'd be like well i guess if you stayed up and i'm like i'm not staying up till e- every night until midnight i'd be a wreck forever like it would take <laughs> weeks to recover and then i get the ps5 and i'd be like i can't play this it, i associate it with just tired um but uh I decided against that effort. And honestly, after the whole digital debacle, I honestly took a step back. I was like, I'm just going to get this, not necessarily get it when I absolutely like wait until, because I think we got confirmation Ratchet, the the game I was waiting for that would be coming out sooner rather than, than later on in the year, which uh, is not launching till June. Um, I'm, I wanted to have the system in place and comfortable with it, but way before that. And, you know, I don't have anything right now that can play games at that level. Even my PC is, is struggling because i've been um throwing valhalla and uh immortals mm. at it with uh, ubisoft plus i just subbed just to kind of check it out and um so i i kind of wanted to just get one and get one when it's comfortable so i'm not staying up till midnight but i was i was just waiting for the right time and and today actually is when i was able to order it um it was uh it was from best buy and it was it worked really well like their queue system is set up in a way that um as, Best uh, Buy know. is where I got my Xbox from, and they were by far the the best experience that I had. Yeah, and and their queue system, they have. They, I know it's frustrating for folks, but their queue system, I I clicked on the link because again, like, um, if you are looking for PlayStation Fives, I I feel like this advice and Xbox Series X for that matter, or graphics cards, uh, those those are also probably harder to find. I think at this point, mm-hmm. um, there are subreddits out there, there are Discord channels out there, and they have these. These bots that will ping you, um, specifically you had mentioned with the Video Game Deals Canada one, you sign up for a specific rank and you get a notification for everything that comes in under that channel. So in this case, PlayStation. And yeah, you would get notifications for, you know, head headsets and, and uh, charging stations and, and even PlayStation 4s. Uh, but at the end of the day, like you, cl- I clicked on that link as soon as it came up, went straight to the Best Buy site, loaded through the queue. Got it in my cart, 
and uh, waited again in queue to get to the to checkout, and it was it was fine. So it's starting; they're starting to last a little longer, especially with sites that have more stock and have the infrastructure to handle these these type of multiple requests coming in. But I would say, so like of all this, I think you know Best Buy has really presented the the best experience in trying to buy mm-hmm. these limited quantity items. Um, and I think the rest, like there are still sites that are being crushed under the demand. And I think that's where Walmart and shoppers, or not shoppers, but the, there's a couple other smaller, you know, the shopping channel and TSC or something. That's the same thing. Anyways, there's a couple (laughs) sites that are posting at midnight because their sites, they know their sites can't handle the, just the flux Mm -hmm. of people coming. Yeah. Superstore is another one. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Shoppers is, Yeah. And again, kind all, of the 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 selling everything type retailers, which sure. you know Walmart obviously falls into that under that umbrella as well. But I feel like has more infrastructure on their website to be able to handle these kind of things. Like they're just bigger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I know like that's tough, but I mean even EB Games hasn't been able to handle you know their sites crashing. They can't handle anything. I know. Um, I, I you know I made the sad realization. I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but there was a news story a couple months ago about EB closing a bunch of places across the country, and we used to have three of them here in town, and then one had closed years ago, which was a bit of a shock because it was the one I always went to. But then I found out uh, they closed yet another one during the pandemic, which I guess, I guess makes sense. But the one they closed was in its own little location on like a in like a strip mall type area. And the one they kept was inside the mall. And it's like, mm. that seems odd. You'd think you'd be charged more rent to have a space in the mall. And also the mall is closed. Yeah. And the mall's closed. Yeah. Anyways, I I mean, I guess I can't. I, if I knew what, what could save EB at this point, I suppose they, they'd hire me. But uh, I really don't know how to save EB at this point. It's kind Reddit. of tough credit no reddit oh oh credit. <laughs> yes i suppose if they took out more credit then uh man i i might need to put the, the other earbud in no, I, was, I was making a gamestop joke because no, there's a, a subsidiary joke. or owned by whatever gamestop <laughs> maybe if i trade in all my games and then they'll be able to succeed on spending or charging 30 dollars for a game they gave me a quarter for there you go yeah wait a minute if it hasn't been yeah so ryan you're just not doing enough personally to save eb games this is all your fault look it's not my fault that i had three of them to sport in town and and down to one (laughs) and again the mall has been closed more than it's been open this year so uh yeah i don't even know if they do curbside they probably do but it's like probably this weird thing and I don't know. Anyways, yeah, I don't know how curbside works at the mall, but anyways, yeah, that's that's neither here again, nor there. Not, Point not is, we need to solve. We managed to somehow, without coordinating, in the past yeah. week, both buy PlayStation Fives. So it is possible. You just have to kind of find the right sources and and be on top of it a little bit. Yeah. I think, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was once I actually knew who had stock and and went and did the order. It was it was pretty seamless. So. I didn't have uh, have any issues, at least so far. Knock on wood. Obviously, I don't have it in my hands yet, so maybe there are going to be issues. But uh, I think Walmart's yeah. pretty good. I think Walmart. My my from my side of things, like I think, uh, and this this will apply to to the U.S. as well, where I know we have a lot of listeners. But Best Buy, Walmart, yeah. and Amazon probably your best bets if you're looking for these systems. Graphics yeah. cards get a little harder, but I think the states have more places you can buy them. So. Um, you you probably luck out there in the states when it comes to graphics mm-hmm. cards but 
Yeah, I mean, uh, mine should be... I don't know when mine's arriving, because like I said, I just ordered it today, so I'm assuming that it'll take some time for them to get a sort of a specific um, arrival window, but of course, uh, you know, the Discord will know, and, and I'll talk about it on the show, and um, you'll talk about how Adam paid you, and, and paid interest as well, I hope, so... Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, he owes me huge now. Yeah, finder's fee. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, there you go. That's good stuff. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad we both sort of had that. That was yeah. weird. I thought <laughs> I, mean, I'm I still don't own one for me yet, no. but, uh, but hopefully, because we have an announcement coming on Thursday from Sony, right? Mm-hmm. They're doing their own direct type deal. So I am crossing my fingers for some sort of Horizon announcement. And I know we're going to talk about it a little later in the news section that we were way off in terms of uh, what we thought we might see at the Nintendo Direct. But uh, I I think on Thursday, we will see some sort of Horizon news, whether that's good or bad, because there's been a lot of speculation that it's going to be delayed out of 2021, which would on one hand make me sad, but on the other hand, make me even more hopeful for a super fancy collector's edition of uh, the actual console itself right the longer they delay it the more time they potentially have for making fancy cool things that i will pay them lots of dollars for (laughs) i i think you should uh you should have some backup plans one being buy a special controller that will probably happen um or or get start designing your cool decals for your uh yeah (laughs) i i think you're right i i think on thursday when we get that news we'll see some mention of horizon I could see confirmation um, of 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 a lot of those first party games in terms of those those mentioned in the presentation. I think in the last summer because they do mention during the PS5 showcase, uh, we're going to be touching on uh, games, new games, but as well as updates on games that we talked about during the PS5 showcase yeah. that haven't been released yet. Horizon, I think, should be a, a safe bet. And I, you know what, I I. I'm going to throw it out there. Like I have faith that it'll be good news, uh, a reconfirmation of a 2021 launch, maybe later in 2021. I see God of War 2 slipping into mm. 2022, and they did attach that 2021 date to it. So I can see that one slipping. But Horizon, that game's been in development a year longer than yeah. uh, God of War. So it's... I think well, I'm it's glad a good you're chance, still so. optimistic, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to wait and see what happens on uh, Thursday and then kind of make a decision about when I might be looking at getting a PlayStation for myself, but it's probably still pretty far out. Like I'm thinking I'll probably buy one for myself sometime in the fall, but yeah, uh, yeah we'll see. And the reason I don't need it right this second is there is a surprising amount of content to play just in general right now so i mean you actually got to check out little nightmares 2 that just came out last week so did you ever play little nightmares 1 i know i played it and i wasn't a huge fan but i'm interested to know how you felt that it played now that it's been out and patched and and all that kind of stuff yeah i had not played little nightmares 1 but i was always interested in it because it kind of reminded me of um a more detailed version of limbo uh, slash yep. inside the guy it's the same company that made both but limbo was that sort of side-scrolling platformer puzzle game that had a very dark sort of edge to it i mean you were a kid yeah. you're constantly being murdered if you were terrible at the game so <laughs> um hey little nightmares has that and i think i i oh i remember as if it was 
five years ago um, when we talked about the original trailer for Little Nightmares, and it kind of looked like that Tim Burton-esque sort mm-hmm. of game setup, and that was the coolest With, like, thing a going. lot of exaggerated proportions. That was yes. the thing that kind of pulled me into that first trailer is... Like, I mean, I always like things that have a little bit of a creep factor to them anyways. And so, like, when I actually got my hands on it and started playing it and it didn't control quite as well as I had hoped, I, it really put me off pretty quickly. Yeah. And that was the and struggle. And I, I never went back and, and finished it. Yeah, I... um so little nightmares 2 and i'll talk a little bit about it later but uh the reason i ended up playing is i had a free trial for google stadia pro and little nightmares 2 was uh announced as hey it's gonna be part of our pro service you can play for it but you can just own it for free as long as you're a, a pro subscriber um and i was like oh this is a perfect opportunity i've been meaning to try this whole streaming thing and then I thought, oh, but you know what? I never played the first one. And that's always my hang up is I always feel like I got to play the first one. So I, I looked up how long it took to beat four hours. Oh, that's like two nights of gaming. Not a big deal. Uh, so I did play Little Nightmares uh, as well as Little Nightmares 2. And, and I'll say this. I agree with your original sort of assessment of Little Nightmares and that the, the feel of it, the look and feel is really cool. Um, but the controls are very lacking. Like for a for a puzzle platformer, um, the controls feel really rigid. And when you moved, like you kind of moved on a bit of a, a bit of a delay and you kind of, mm-hmm. it kind of felt like you were controlling a marionette as you were just kind of floating. Yeah. Across the screen. Or like you were like moving through water or something, mm-hmm. even though there was nothing actually in your path. Like it just, it very much like had that, that sluggish sort of feel to it. Which, like, when you're playing a, a platformer, like, you, do, you don't want delays, no. right? A lot of that stuff is very, um, like, precise timing or precise locations are required to solve some of those puzzles. So when you've got clunky controls in a game that has punishing puzzles, it just, for me, it made me bounce off really fast. Yeah, and and not just the puzzles. I felt like there were moments where... There were one. There was a lot of one-hit fails because you know yeah. you see this in the trailers. There are these monster people who would be chasing you or um, uh, grabbing out at you, and if you sort of were slow to pick up on the controls, you would you would get that one-hit kill. So if you're dying, it's you only have one shot. Like when you die, you go back to the checkpoint. And yeah. I felt like Little Nightmares One's checkpoint systems, while fair oftentimes would put you back at a place where it's like, oh, you know, I, I still have to do what I'm struggling with. And um, it's one of those rare moments where for me, it's like, no, I can play the game for this one, not necessarily myself. You know, when you're playing, I don't know, like Dark Souls or or even Valhalla, where the combat is very timing based, like, oh, that that enemy got a hit on me. That's totally my fault because I didn't hit the or I I lagged a little slow on the shield button or the counter button or whatever yeah in this case it really feels like ah i'm constantly running into this guy because um he's seeing me as i'm going into my hiding spot and he's grabbing me and, and it's resetting the level but the the look the look and feel of all, everything is just crafted in a way that is meant to ratchet up the creep factor um mm-hmm. And the second one is very similar in that nature, but they they really expand upon it. It's more creepy. They've put more sort of design into the enemies. Um, I felt like the enemies in the first one were more 
larger guys or larger characters um and and just like with deformed sort of faces like melty faces or just like blah you know just kind of really really tim burton-esque uh beetlejuice type monsters um and i promise i won't say beetlejuice again i don't want to invoke uh you know bring in anybody in here i'm not even gonna say it again you know uh michael keaton michael keaton michael keaton you know um anyways uh and and you really get that that vibe uh in little nightmares too um that movie but in the second one they kind of they 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 go in a direction of these monsters where they don't just go with the big bombastic uh baddies with the melty faces and stuff um early on you're introduced to this character she's a teacher it's the second monster you come across and she's got like this snake neck that she can do so okay it's really creepy because they they dial up the sort of like uh hitchiness of the animation like they really Mm -hmm. lean into that with this character and she's in the trailers so it's not really a spoiler but it does remove um a lot of the safety net that you felt you had in the first one where if you were hiding behind something or you were hiding high above the map um in, in what it felt like a narrative path you would be, oh, at least I know in the back of my mind, this is a safe area because the enemy can't get me because I know the enemy's down there or the enemy's over there um, or the enemy can't reach into vents. But uh, <laughs> this teacher mm-hmm. character with the long snake neck can, is very versatile and she will chase you uh, in places that you would not see coming. And it's super creepy. And for some reason, they've they've dialed it up even further in that a majority of the monsters that are chasing you um, are using their mouths to... Uh, <laughs> And, and they're always putting you in your in their mouth, like, you know, after they catch you. I think that was the thing about the first one is that once they caught you, they just kind of held on to you and then it faded to black as if, you know, you failed. We're going to start over. But in this one, you know, like especially that that teacher monster, she's she's literally catching you in her mouth. And it's not. A yeah. Good, it's, yeah, it's not good. It's <laughs> creepy. You know, um, they've they've really ratcheted up and, and they address some of the other issues I had with the first one. They add um, some more they add combat elements into this one um, where you are fighting off some of the smaller monsters. Um, they give your character. You're not actually playing the same character from the first one you're playing. I think his name is I don't know. They give him a weird name. I think it's Mono or Mobo. Anyways, it, it's the it's a new main character and he's able to pick up sort of wrenches and large sort of uh, stick shaped objects and he can use them to to hit um, smaller enemies that are coming after you so for example in the teacher levels there's these like weird dolls with porcelain glass heads and they will yeah yeah and they'll come after you and then you have to like hit them and when you hit them their heads sort of just kind of like explode in in this like you know just glass going everywhere and it's uh it's very weird. You feel, and they're they're like trying to um, overwhelm you, and and you're having to basically take them out one at a time. So there are the, there are those moments where you you do get a bit of combat. So it kind of breaks things up. Um, and also there is a sort of a co op slash assistance thing where the character from the first one six she shows up as a non playable character, and there will be I'd say two thirds of the game she's sort of hanging out alongside you as you go through the puzzles. So there is some non-playable character sort of assistance happening where she's like boosting you up to grab things or um, she's like holding things open so you can go through. Um, 
And I think that, again, helps split it up and also establishes that safety zone of playing a horror game where you're like, okay, we're together. She's not freaking out. Music isn't freaking out. Like, we're in a safe spot. We're in a puzzle area where I know I can just focus on how do I get through this? Yeah. And I really appreciated that. Uh, But they don't really address the controls in this one um, that, you know, from the first one, there's a specific moment. I feel like, uh, I think that they do it on purpose Mm. because I think it's just like, it's one more thing that about the game. That's just a little bit off putting in terms of like making you uncomfortable. I think like, I think it's a, it's a design choice to, to just make you feel a little bit off. But I don't think that it works, at least the way that I like to play games. Like if I'm going to play something that's like um, a quick time event, basically, where I have to like push the right button at exactly the right time. uh, That's the sort of thing I want to make sure that my controls are really snappy for. And I don't necessarily want to spend a whole bunch of time learning like molasses timing <laughs> you know <laughs> like <laughs> i don't know it's yeah it just wasn't my it just wasn't my jam but i think it is a conscious design decision like i think they could have fixed it and they chose not to yeah it just it seems um there's a specific moment in the second one where it really hit me like there it feels like there are a lot more chases in the second one where you're kind of having to run down uh specific hallways and strategically avoid enemies and there's this one segment in sort of what i believe is like sort of a prison i think it's a prison you're running through it and it's just there are moments where there are these arms kind of reaching out from cells and you have to kind of dodge them um and then there's other moments where you have to run through a hallway and you have to use the flashlight to kind of point it at them and to make them stop make these like weird hitchy mannequin things to stop chasing you and there are moments there where i was like I just couldn't get it. And it was because the controls were uh, were causing those issues. And I'm like, I just want to get through this to get to the next segment. So I actually had to look up a guide to basically tell me, like, how do I get through this running hallway? Because I keep dying. I either keep getting grabbed by an arm that I get too close to, or I just don't point my flashlight in just the right spot to let me get past these guys. Um, so that that is where the controls really get so what what did the guy what did the guy say to kind of fix that issue like what was the advice uh just out of curiosity no yeah um the one was the the one was just the critical path so running down the hallway it basically said like you're going to want to go to the right of the hallway to avoid the arms and then to the left and then back to the right and then take the corner and that worked i once i got that pattern down and the issue here was that you had to get through the whole hallway or else it would reset back to the start of the hallway to the start Mm. of the chase there is another, and then shortly after that, there's a room filled with these like mannequins slash, you know, uh, prison, you know, folks that are, that have these like, they were like, they look like mannequins had been rebuilt uh, and they all look the same, but there were like four or five of them in the room that would move when your flashlight wasn't on them. So again, oh, okay. really creepy and well done on that side, but super annoying when trying to get through a room of like 30 of them where six of them are going to chase you. And, um, the advice was just book it, <laughs> you know, and that's probably what I would do in, in a real life scenario where I'm in a very dark hallway room with, a, you know, 30 plus mannequins and only six of them are chasing. I'd probably book it, too. And it worked. 
It worked, but it, it felt weird having to look it up and be like, nah, just run through the room and you'll be fine. Yeah, ignore the mechanics and you'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in that instance, again, it it just goes back to the whole controls thing where I felt like if, is this a puzzle game or is this a, you know, uh, a monster closet game where I'm having to, you know, run through areas where things are going to try to scare me? Because it was very tense, but that, that, tension was sort of broken by the fact that i was frustrated with the controls um but i still really like the puzzles and the second one is much more varied in terms of the puzzles the first one felt more similar to limbo where you're kind of just moving things and they're more like yeah. platform puzzles in the second one they kind of have a level structure so each level is introducing you to a new mechanic that you're going to use in the puzzles so for example the you know, the prison had like a flashlight mechanic that you were using to kind of keep these mannequins at bay. And then there was like one where you had a, a TV remote that you would use to sort of portal between and you could use the TV remote the, to like turn TVs on and off and there would be enemies that would go to the TVs. So you, mm. it was kind of like a double edged thing where the enemies were attracted to the TVs that you were also using to portal through and get get puzzles and stuff. So there was some fun stuff there where it would constantly be mixing things up each level where it starts off very similar to Little Nightmares 1, but it, it quickly builds upon that. And I really I really like that aspect of it. But I mean, you can play two without playing one. I mean, if you want to yeah. get used to the mechanics and you want like an additional amount of content to play, then for sure check out Little Nightmares 1 because it's similar enough that you're not experiencing um, like a improved upon formula in two it's just a more varied formula but if you want to get like the best experience two is the one to do and um it it just launched so it's it's probably going to be full price but if you want you can subscribe to google stadia <laughs> and uh you can play it for free because they have a one month free trial i think you can just do the trial and and that's how I played it. I played it through Stadia. I tested the service on, you know, my Mac and my iPad and the TV. And it, you know, it works. It works the way they say it will work. And but does that mean I want to go buy games from Google to play on my stream? No, not at all. Whatsoever. <laughs> but it, it was it was free. It was the simplest and cheapest inexpensive way to play. And it allowed me to try a new service. And, and really the only problem I have with it is that there would be some random hitches. Now, most of that was when I was playing on Wi-Fi. Uh, so that could be sort of attributed to that. But it'd be like every 20 minutes or so, you'd get like a few seconds of, of hitching. But again, it's not the way I prefer to play. Like Little Nightmares is a game you could easily run on your, on your console or your PC because it's not a very taxing game. But I did want to try out google stadia it it works but it's not like i think the the struggle was always the setup of of the 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 way you buy games not necessarily how you play them i think it's the yeah. best one of those in terms of like booting up games and stuff because it is really neat how you pair a controller you load it up in google chrome and it takes over and you're able to navigate it as if it's like a console os and it works very well in that in, in that side of things where I felt like GeForce Now and some of the other ones just felt more clunky, more, you know, um, you know, duct taped together. This Google Stadia one really does feel like if they're looking to sell the technology and work with partners, I think that is that was 
and is now the right approach for that technology because it's really solid. Like it's got its whole OS built in where if you hit the sort of OS button on your controller, it brings up like a Google Stadia sort of sidebar and it works really well and there are achievements and it all feels very snappy. But again, like when you're being asked to buy games on a sort of a cloud console, like that's the struggle that most people have. Yeah. So I, I think, um, I think it'll be interesting to see with that technology, like as you go forward and you start to tie in sort of uh, Ubisoft plus is going to be coming to Google Stadia. Like that could be interesting where if you subscribe to, to um, Ubisoft plus, you can then play the cloud games on Stadia. Like that could be interesting where you just subscribe to uh, Ubisoft plus and then you have that sort of that really solid technology to, to stream it. But Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. It seems like partnerships may be the piece that they're kind of lacking and, and the more kind of games that they get on their platform for free, the better off they're going to be, which is kind of what we've been saying from the get go. And even then, you have to have more to offer than all of the other platforms offering all of these other things, right? Yeah, yeah. And again, it comes down to the fact of like, there are so many offerings. And I mean, am I going to sit here and let my Google Stadia trial um, continue and, and pay the $12 a month? Abs- no, not not at all. Like this is very much one of those things where I wanted to play Little Nightmares 2. And this was the first game to kind of be like, okay, I will jump in for the free month or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and check it out. And, it, you know, I was surprised it worked. It worked on the ta- on on my, I have an iPad and uh you load it up on on um safari and it was really surprising like it's a good preview of how all the other ones are going to do it because stadia was kind of the first to have that functionality or maybe it was alongside luna but anyways it works really it works well and i think really what it comes down to is like it's going to be really cool when xcloud is available on all these platforms because i can see myself using that more than an additional subscription because we're i'm already a game pass player right so yeah exactly 100 percent. so i'll i'll wait for xcloud but it was cool to test it out it's it's a really neat thing i hope it gets better but uh yeah google stadia is yeah it's it's not something you really want to probably pay for (laughs) (laughs) yeah understandable so i paid for something this week Sweet. Although the vast majority of my quote unquote playtime wasn't actually me playing, but I wanted to check this game out because I've seen so many people play it. This thing is in early access, but I mean, like so much of my Steam friends list is playing this game. So I decided to check it out. It's called Valheim, and I'm sure that you guys are aware of it because it's everywhere. Um, But Basically, it's an exploration survival game that's set in like a Viking sort of a setting. And they throw a little bit of kind of like questing and like direction thrown in. It's just like, but it it has the same bones as like Ark. It's basically just like you explore and you get resources and you can build a whole bunch of stuff and you explore around and kill monsters. Um the one really, really interesting piece here. So like I had I had a friend who was basically playing the game while I watched over Discord like screen share. And 
it didn't look that great, but again, it was through Discord video. So I was kind of like, huh, but he kept posting these screenshots that looked gorgeous. So I was like, what the heck is going on? And so the really interesting part about this game is the whole entire thing is one gig. But hmm. all of the like servers are um, procedurally generated. So it has this like randomness to it. And they do this really cool effect where everything far away from you and there's a pretty clear line but everything far away from you is this like really really pretty like animated painting almost and everything close to you it's like it's all very like very very low res like you can see the squares you can see the pixels but for a lot of it they put this like blur over top of it so that you can't see. It's like, it's just this like blur effect. <laughs> yeah, they skyward so, sort it. Kind of, yeah. They just like, <laughs> I don't know, like the combination of everything. It, it's like, unless you're looking directly at something, that is really everything, weird. Everything looks really pretty and really like amazing. And then you look right at it and you're like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> why can I see the pixels out? Like, it's it's a total mindfuck. <laughs> like, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, um, I got into it and I was like, what is happening? But it, like, takes advantage of the way your brain works and kind of, like, lets your brain almost, like, fill in the gaps so that you, like, think you're looking at better visuals than you are. It's crazy. It's such a weird system, but it works. And so this whole entire game is teeny tiny, but it's got these like um amazing air quotes graphics like it's it's a weird experience you guys <laughs> yeah i'm looking at screenshots um this is just on the steam page and you're right like there are some like there's an image where there's a couple characters around a campfire and then there's a bunch of brush in the foreground and that brush you can you can clearly tell that it's it's pixelated and it's got sort of the pixel feel to it but in the background there are these trees and these barrels and the barrels look like Elder Scrolls Online type stuff. Yeah. You know, and uh, that is that is a trip. But the and, game is so small. <laughs> yeah. And then the next screenshot is is what looks like if you had the Bethesda folks making Breath of the Wild. It, it's it's kind of crazy like that. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, the, I, yeah, this is something the that water is, looks great, too. Like it, oh, when yeah. you're like during the day, like because you, you do a lot of like sailing on your Viking ship. And like during the day when you're in shallow water, you can like see the bottom of like the lakes and stuff. And it, it all looks fantastic. And I'm like, how is this happening in a one gig game? Like this doesn't make any sense to me because it's this big open world. Like you can go to all these different locations. There's like a big boss fight that you do in every location. And like some types of land are like kind of like zones with like higher difficulties or higher higher level things like it's it has all the all the trappings you would expect it to have except it's so tiny like i literally can't get over the install size of this game <laughs> so i mean i'm still kind of like poking around like i said i was watching my friend play for a couple of hours so my own play time is not that high so in terms of like how the game controls and stuff i'm still kind of exploring and i don't really want to comment too much on that yet but i think like the 
ability to like build because you can not only like build whatever you want but you can also modify the terrain so you can kind of like dig stuff down and make yourself a moat and a castle and you know like all of it is very viking themed but it's it has what seems to be quite a robust um like system and they kind of like you can you can make fast travel portals and put them wherever you want but then like you can't travel through those portals if you have anything metal so it's kind of like fast travel with a caveat that makes it so that you can't just portal anywhere anytime like you do still need to interact with like sailing your ship and stuff so it's kind of a neat mix and it has a lot of really interesting mechanics so i'm not gonna dive too too deep into it right now because it's kind of living in that same space for me right now that's being occupied by graveyard keeper i'm still playing that and i think i'm kind of um approaching the end i think maybe <laughs> so uh but it, it scratches that same sort of itch where like you have to go around you have to you know get resources and and craft certain things and you know level up tech trees and all that kind of stuff like valheim lives in that same sort of game space so i'll probably dive a little bit deeper on it in the coming weeks but um yeah i i thought it was worth checking out and worth mentioning because it is kind of like taking over just gaming right now um but like i did say it is an early access so it's kind of up to you guys if you want to jump in now or not um i have no idea when they're planning on releasing like a a full 1.0 like launch version but um it, it it's pretty cool right now so i i definitely think it's worth uh jumping into and taking a look at if that's your your style of game yeah so uh they say on their steam page that they're looking at at least one year of early access so you could see this game launching uh you know, in twenty early twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. Yeah. And uh twenty two dollars Canadian. So that's that's a that's a really fair price for Yeah, uh, it wasn't very much at all. Games. So yeah, in terms of like yeah, I mean twenty bucks for for a title like this. I mean, my friend who's been playing it like since it came out in early access, which it's only been out for a couple of weeks, but like he has like a hundred and fifty hours in it already. So it's a big game. There's a lot of content there, and kind of like once you finish like defeating all of the different bosses and stuff, then you can just kind of like then it becomes more of like a sandboxy kind of game where you can just like collect and make and build whatever you want sort of deal so i mean it it has that as well where you know after after you're done doing all the boss fights and the questing then you can kind of go off on your own and do whatever you want so i mean i, I we'll see if it has any legs or any sticking power i mean i you guys know me i'm not a, a huge fan of like minecraft right like i like some direction in my games and i like a beginning and an end so i'll see how long i actually stick with it but um yeah it's pretty cool, and I thought it was worth uh, bringing to your attention if you've somehow missed this game. <laughs> but if your Steam friends list is anything like mine, it's probably full of people that are playing this. <laughs> I have uh, sort of been ignoring it because it's it's usually it feels like one of those games that just I'm happy for other people who are enjoying it, but it it doesn't look like my kind of game. But yeah, I've always normally been interested we in bounce off of these games pretty hard. And it's more so just that, like, I have so many friends that are really super into it right now that I feel like maybe it's worth a second look. Mm -hmm. Also, part of all of this is the fact that Dead by Daylight's last update 
broke the game and they haven't been able to fix it yet so i basically have any of my dead by daylight time that i would normally be playing dbd i'm just not right now so i'm trying to like fill in those gaps <laughs> now are you playing on someone else's server or are you playing are you joining like a developer's or the developer's oh, server so they that's, set up that's the thing that i i forgot to mention so um you can play solo or you can play on a server with up to 10 people. So I'm playing by myself just to get a handle on like the uh, controls and the combat and all that kind of stuff. But you can take your character from a solo server. You can't bring any of your stuff over, like any of your materials or anything like that. But you can bring your character over from one server to another. So I could take the character that I created on my solo server and kind of like port her over to my friend's server if I wanted to. And if he would let me, I might break everything and he would be mad. But um, I could technically take my character over there. It's just that like I wouldn't lose any um, like levels or anything like that. Like I wouldn't lose any progress in that way. I just would lose any um, materials, any time that I'd spent gathering like that kind of stuff. Right. So um, you can basically move a character, not a an inventory. Okay. Well, that's cool. And I mean, yeah. you can create a character. You're not running and through. You, and I could create a new character and a new okay. server and whatever. Yeah. Cool. Oh, it sounds interesting. I it's one of those games that I will uh, happily watch from the sidelines as it as it develops. Yeah. <laughs> it's one I'm definitely more interested to see how it progresses through early access because I find that these you know, Twitch early access sort of big games that explode. Like they have 3 million players now. And I have, I have, uh, I have faith that they'll, you know, keep running with it and they'll make it at early access. I don't think they'll have, you know, 3 million people playing it at once for the next year, but it's really crazy how a, you know, a team of five can build a 20, yeah. like, like this game that they're offering tw for $20 and sell it to 3 million people. I think that's a, that is, that is what those stories are are really interesting and i i really like following them so i'm i'm interested to see where this goes as a you know 6 months down the line see what that injection of popularity and cash can do for what was probably just meant to be a small sort of early access experience and now it's just mm -hmm. kind of exploded so yeah um, cuz i had not heard of it before it's early access launch and yeah no me either yeah it's interesting so absolutely so yeah i hope you guys uh go and take a look if it sounds like something that interests you uh something else that might interest you is our patreon you can head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in if you'd like to support the show if you like the content we produce we are currently looking for our march patrons so again if that sounds like it might be something that appeals to you head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in uh, that brings us to the news section of the show. Uh, we got a couple pieces of info for you. Obviously, uh, we're going to talk about Nintendo Direct. We were way off. Uh, we're going to talk about BlizzCon. We were way off. Uh, and we're also going to talk a little bit first off about Mortal Kombat. Because, dude, this trailer, though. <laughs> is it not great? Is it not? I it's feel like I feel like it is not great, but in the best way possible. Is that a birthmark? <laughs> you know, like... Yeah, it's a birthmark. No, no I, I screwed it up the line. It was someone had, had <laughs> pointed out. It's like, oh, you have that mark. Yeah, I've had it. It's a birthmark. I've had it since birth. And it's like, what? Yeah, like some of the and especially when you're like, wow, of your entire feature length film. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the line, the you line that you chose to put in your trailer like what does the rest of the movie sound like however I don't, like, 
exhibit B, they they put in the trailer, you know, Jack's getting his arms shattered by Sub-Zero, which is like, yeah. that would have been the sort of pinnacle moment in terms of origin characters because yeah there's this guy with with cyborg arms i wonder how he gets them of course he gets his arms ripped off or shattered or whatever of course yeah (laughs) and i think that in that small sequence they nail uh they nail sub-zero i think scorpion um is also you know heavily featured in the trailer the thing is I mean, the original 90s Mortal Kombat movie was a was a product of its time, but also probably uh, a lower budget than it should have had. Uh, Mm. But this movie kind of looks like they're trying to invoke every sort of era of Mortal Kombat within this movie and also doing it with a very uh, I wouldn't say, you know, a huge budget, but I would say like a decent sized budget a bigger budget yeah yeah. for sure and it also looks to me like they are a hundred percent leaning into that r rating and just Mm. going you know what we're gonna do mortal freaking combat you You can't do you can't do yeah you can't go halfway otherwise it just doesn't it just doesn't fit it's just not what mortal combat is so I think it looked um, like I said, it looked it looked not great, but in the best possible way. Like, I feel like this is a super over the top, gory, trashy film that I'm going to watch and I'm going to enjoy and it's going to be entertaining. Will it win an Oscar? No. No. But is that okay? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, it's totally fine. And I mean, it's awesome that this the it's also not a movie I would need to see in theaters. So it's great that it's going to be coming. uh, I know we don't have HBO Max in in Canada, but uh, usually, you know, Crave or other. I was going to say, I think in Canada, Crave is the one that is partnered with HBO. So we should um, I'm pretty sure. Uh, where did Wonder Woman show up? I think I was able to buy that on Google. You can, but like, yeah. even when they say stuff is is like on, you know, insert non-available in Canada streaming service here, um, we usually have ways to get it, even if we have to, you know, pay a one-time fee for yeah. it or whatever. But I'm sure we'll be able to see this. Uh, when we do, we will do a full spoiler episode. Oh. I mean, there were some parts that were pretty freaking cool and epic like i mean when they turn the blood into a blade by freezing it in the mid in midair like yeah. oh, that they was put so fatalities cool. in the movie like, they that did was, yeah that was the thing that the original movie was missing is it didn't have fatalities because it was it was a movie that had to you know maintain a pg pg rating and yeah. with the r rating like they've put fatalities in and the trailer is very much like a once they get past the whole what are we doing here they do get into the into the um the the tournament where you are seeing multiple people fight off and my favorite part is they actually did kano justice like they've made kano this like he's got the best line in the whole trailer at the very end <laughs> I, I can't uh, it's the best line but i can't really remember what he says but it's more his attitude towards what's happening and kano was such a dink in the in the in the old movies so the fact that they've kind of uh they've redeemed him (laughs) yeah i know he's still a bad guy but for some reason i think yeah it's just yeah sorry maybe in this context redeem was the wrong word but like they've done him justice (laughs) yeah exactly they've done him justice and i i'm really glad this this they're giving mortal kombat another shot like i feel like 
it's in line with the games because I felt like the games were a big hit in the 90s and they made the movie then and that made sense. But there was this like, you know, middle period where it was kind of lagging the game or mm-hmm. the game series and I never yeah, really touched I think it. That, but then it really kind of came back with MK11, right? Yeah, like, um, uh, yeah, MK9 like nine started to show back to or show where it was going with what it wanted to do. It had... It was more cinematic. It was more story based, and they kind of rebooted the story as well. Um, and then ten, and then leading into eleven, I think that's where they really hit their stride. Like eleven is really well received, and they sort of brought more of like the guest characters in with the DLC. And mm-hmm. it's uh, Nether Realm is really on point with their their combat games. Um, it's uh, but yeah, this movie it feels like really good timing because you're coming off of a really solid trilogy that is, yeah. Uh, that has been well received. So, uh, this will yeah. be interesting. I, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So we'll definitely go and check that out. Uh, so Nintendo direct happened February 17th. We didn't get anything for breath of the wild too. There was nothing <laughs> that was anything like the Mario anniversary. Nope. Uh, we were, we were just so off on this, Ryan. Like, I don't know. We're going to talk about BlizzCon in a minute, but like, I don't know if I've ever been like more wrong about predicting what a company is going to put forward. Like I just, I was, Oh man, this was a, a crazy direct, especially I think it was because expectations were so high because they haven't had one in it. Has it been over a year or about a year? a year? Yeah. yeah, like it, it's been quite a while, right? So I think expectations were really high and they like not that they didn't deliver. I think it's just that they delivered something totally different than what everybody was expecting, because I think everyone, ourselves included, was really expecting Zelda, which you might still, but mm-hmm. was really expecting Zelda to get the Mario treatment because we didn't hear about the Mario anniversary stuff. Like, don't forget, like that was that was pretty far into the year right yeah, like it was august and then it was in the late summer yeah yeah when that stuff started to kind of come out so i mean we very much still could have an anniversary event for zelda in the upcoming months that they're just not ready to tell us about yet mm-hmm. but uh, and i mean really and truly it could kind of launch with one of the things they did talk about which was the skyward sword uh hd remake that's coming to us on July 16th. So there could still be another announcement being like, hey, Skyward Sword HD is available on whatever Friday. I don't know if the 16th is a Friday, but whatever. Um, it like it's coming is. on the 16th alongside the start, like to, to kick off our Zelda anniversary celebration or whatever. Like that's still absolutely a possibility i think everyone was just kind of expecting that maybe we would be getting news now and you know that was that's more on us i think there was uh although it was not maybe up to our expectations i do think that there's still uh, a lot of good stuff in here yeah i would say when it comes to the direct and similar to blizzcon as well i i think the announcements that were made um fit with uh, you know, it, it, this was a really good direct for fans of Nintendo and, and fans of what Nintendo is doing. Similar to BlizzCon, like this, the, these announcements were really good for current fans of Blizzard. Same with like with Nintendo. I look at these announcements, I think, okay, for the next six months, that was sort of what their focus was, ending up around July, August timeframe. This is a this is a solid first half of the year offering for you know for Nintendo and how they sort of produce content. And mm-hmm. if you look at it from the perspective of 
this is uh, Nintendo had something in here for everyone. And but when you say we're gonna have a 50 minute direct, a lot of people go like they they kind of build it up for themselves. Like oh wow, yeah. and we did that too. We were so super guilty. Oh, we of totally it. did. And yeah. I think when you think of a, a 50 minute direct, we have to because it's been so long. I, I remember we have to remind ourselves that no, this is gonna be 50 minutes because they're gonna have something in here for everyone. Um, they were going to, yeah, they haven't talked to us in a year, so they're going to have to cover all their bases. Exactly. So there were a lot of like JRPGs that, uh, and some strategy games that I didn't even put in sort of the rundown list that, that I was looking forward to because they just, I know they're not for me, but I know Mm -hmm. people are going to appreciate them. And a majority of the content presented were, was exclusive to the Nintendo switch. So it was a lot of content for a system that is currently being enjoyed by, a wide range of of players so yeah it may not have been like oh we're gonna get bayonetta 3 and metro prime 4 and all the zeldas uh i still think you're right like we're gonna get the zelda 35th anniversary stuff once the mario stuff has sort of ended that's supposed to end end of march um i could see the zelda stuff you know being tacked on to or in partnership with here's a deep dive on skyward sword Mm -hmm. probably in the may time frame may june I think that'd be solid timing. Give Mario some time to rest and, you know, focus yeah. over on Zelda. But yeah, I I think in terms of the announcements, um, you know, Mario Golf Super Rush was kind of a surprise in terms of them. I didn't, you know, I knew they were due up to make a Mario Golf game, but um, it was sort of a surprise thing in that, oh, this is, this is coming. It's coming in the spring. Um, new Animal Crossing content. Uh, they have an expansion pass coming for Hyrule Warriors, uh, Age of Calamity. Yeah, it which... seemed like there was there was some. Uh, I don't want to say a lot of stuff, but there was uh, there was definitely things that seemed like they were additions to existing games, yes. <laughs> as opposed to a whole bunch of new stuff. Like yeah. we got, like you said, the the expansion pass for Age of uh, Calamity. We got some stuff for Animal Crossing that was like Super Mario crossovers. There was um, a couple of new characters for Smash. Like lots of things that were adding on to their existing um, offerings. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's fine. I think um, Age of Calamity having an expansion pass fits right in with the way they've supported Hyrule Warrior or Warriors games in general in the past. Um, I think the confusion there is that there just wasn't a lot of details given. So mm-hmm. um, they're offering you, which this- is also something that Blizzard suffered from for sure. <laughs> is lack of detail. Yeah. And I, and I really do want to have time to talk about the Blizzard stuff. And I think the big thing here is Skyward Sword HD. And there, there's a, there's a history with that game on the show. We started the show yeah. shortly after. I still have not actually played all the way through that game. <laughs> okay. And, and that brings me like, to my question. I think like, are, you, are you going to play I've it? I've played yeah i've played (laughs) to the first um like i don't even know if i made it into the first dungeon i hated that game man i know you did and it (laughs) tore me apart i i i know the game had issues but it was a zelda game through and through it just it had issues and i think the issues stem from the fact that they really wanted to make this a wii game and um yeah yeah they stuck with it they did and i mean it they really wanted to make it a wii game they leaned way too far into that motion control which if you didn't like it or if it didn't like work for you yeah then you kind of couldn't play the game which was where i fell into the or the category i fell into 
And so I was excited that they said that they've mapped the controls to buttons because they wanted it specifically to be playable on the Nintendo Switch Lite, right? Which doesn't allow you to take the Joy-Cons off. And so they didn't want to only make it for normal Nintendo Switches. They wanted to make it playable for everybody who has any kind of Switch. So then they showed the controls and I was like, okay, maybe. Yeah. So they've kind of got you instead of like moving and looking with your sticks, you're going to be using your sticks to do the sword movements and stuff, which might work. I'm might. I'm cautiously optimistic. I feel like maybe um, because because motion controls just are 10 years older now, right? Mm -hmm. Because this game came out in 2011. So this is kind of like the 10th anniversary of Skyward Sword. So I think that because we've advanced far enough now that they're a little bit more sensitive, maybe it'll be okay. I'm going to try it because I do want to play it because they're also right. Like this is a huge chunk of Zelda lore that I'm just missing as a player. And this was the kind of uh, like founding of the master sword, the creation of the master sword. Right. So that's mm -hmm. a huge chunk of Zelda lore. That's really important that I just don't know. And it's because I didn't play through this title all the way. I will say though, like I had pseudo forgotten about how creepy and weird that villain was <laughs> until that one part of the trailer with him over Link's shoulder doing the tongue thing and I was like things with his what tongue. is happening <laughs> and that's that is the that is the that is just the tip of the iceberg with that guy um I, yeah I think when uh there's a specific episode way back in the day when we talked about Skyward Sword and and it very much was one of those things where I think looking back, um, I was enjoying it, but al alongside the the toleration of of there being, but I was I was always kind of fine with motion controls. But I realized that the way it worked is it wasn't it was never one to one. The Wii Motion Plus or whatever got it closer, but it was still mm. very much I swing, then Link swings, and you hope you you connect. But yeah. um, I'm hopeful that um, my experience with Wii games being ported over to the Switch or Wii U games being ported to the Switch, is that they really have worked to make that motion control more fluid and, and more one-to-one -one and more responsive. And they do touch on that in the trailer. Again, this is a trailer. It's marketing speak. We'll right. see once the reviews launch. I, I would recommend everybody wait for the reviews just to see how the translation works with the Joy-Con motion. But my experience with the Joy-Con motion is it's all you know gyro based and sensor based it, and it works really well like it doesn't have yeah. to reference your sensor bar it's just using the guts of the controller to make it work so i'm you know as someone who in, who is okay with the motion in skyward sword on the wii i'm actually really interested to see how it plays with the joy cons and the motion there because mm -hmm. when it worked you you felt really cool um it was a cool touch, but the fact that you can maybe jump back and forth between controls, I don't know how like tilting the camera stick is going to work in terms of like directing your sword. That feels very cumbersome to me, but 
Yeah, um, it's we'll the kind of thing that needs to be in my hands, but I feel like I'm also willing to give motion control in this case another chance because, again, like I said, it has been 10 years. So I feel like they've made enough advancements that it's not going to be the really super clunky delayed experience that it was originally. I mean, maybe it is. Maybe this is the kind of thing I need to wait and see some reviews on, but mm. I'm willing to at least give it another shot because, um, yeah, I think that I definitely didn't give it a fair shake the first time around, and that was because of the controls, but that was really the only thing that put me off of that game, like, really hard, right? So I think that I'll still be giving it another shot. Cool. No, that's good. I think uh, I think it's, it's a Zelda title that had... I hope they addressed some other issues, like there was a lot of tutorial-type stuff that would keep popping up. Oh, yeah, the I remember game. that now, yeah. Yeah, so... I, I I think Nintendo's maybe been, the latter way to turn that off. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I think Nintendo's been good at sort of addressing some of the the, the critical concerns, and um, we'll see how that goes. The, the last thing they sort of announced, which was the only title sort of pushed into 2022, was Splatoon 3, and um, a lot of folks had noted that it kind of looked like it was starting off in a way that might be different from other splatoons but they do focus on the multiplayer aspect of it on the trip yeah. in the trailer which was really fun in splatoon 2 that was yeah. that was great yeah. i preferred that to the multiplayer to the single player it was really fast like super fast paced and and really really fun and energetic and exciting like i loved that splatoon multiplayer <laughs> yeah no it was really good and i and i think that uh i think that nintendo would would they wouldn't be making a splatoon 3 if they weren't doing something big and bombastic here like i think that nintendo is very much a, a you know a developer that does one version of a thing for each console so the fact that we're getting a splatoon 3 so soon kind of sh- tells me that there's probably going to be a bigger you know campaign chunk to this but also like more to the multiplayer than what was uh originally because two really kind of just built built off of one and mm. and then they had a campaign dlc that they added later that was kind of cool uh to go alongside its its in-game campaign but yeah i i think the fact that we're getting a splatoon 3 so soon probably means that we're gonna see a more substantial sort of uh single player campaign but that's just a guess on my part it's just just based yeah. on the way Nintendo releases this stuff, like we get one Animal Crossing, one Smash, just because they kind of make it that version for the platform, and then they kind of hold off and and make another one for the next platform. But mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll know more about that for a while, though. So, yeah, we will see. So, so did you want to talk a little bit about BlizzCon? <laughs> I do, because as someone who has uh, fallen away from Blizzard over the last couple years, um. I I did not even watch the BlizzCon thing. I tried to. I it was it was right during like dinner time with the kids and obviously I couldn't watch BlizzCon like I watched the Nintendo Direct with the kids because I knew they yeah. were gonna talk about Diablo 4. Yeah, and Diablo uh, is uh yeah. <laughs> there's some uh, there's some pretty raunchy stuff. Uh they are yeah. leaning in on that um we're gonna kill a bunch of people. Uh and not yes. just demons. Um <laughs> I think that, uh, but I did. I did catch up on all the news and and watch all the trailers and stuff. And and my my big takeaway from it is similar to the Nintendo thing. Like I think current fans of Blizzard are probably super stoked about what they talked about. I think it's crazy <laughs> that they 
and i and i judging by your laugh i could be completely wrong but oh my god well i mean okay so on one hand the internet is the internet right sure, and they're never going to be happy regardless um but i think that uh much in a similar vein to nintendo direct i think the expectations of fans were very high and that they weren't necessarily happy with what was delivered but i think in this case it's uh, and i mean arguably in nintendo's case as well because they hadn't had a direct in a year it's been over a year since blizzcon I think this announcement weekend would have gone over a thousand times better if they hadn't labeled it BlizzCon. If they had just called it anything else, if they had said like a state of Blizzard or, you know, whatever, (laughs) like, no, but like, seriously, it would have gone over a whole lot better because people went in, including myself with expectations. So like normally at at BlizzCon, we would get whatever the next major patch is, whatever that is going to be, we would get information about that and we would get a lot of info. Like this is numbers of how systems are working. Like it would be super nitty gritty. And then we'd get a, a more like high level overview of the major patch after that, which we didn't get anything at all for the next major patch. Um, and then we would usually get some sort of like teaser, like a splash image or something for the for a, the patch after that. So we usually get information about three major patches at a BlizzCon and we barely got one patch touched on. Like it was just mm. it was a little bit nuts. Um, so but again, that was, I think, because they labeled it BlizzCon instead of making it anything like calling it anything else. Um, so Hearthstone was the notable exception because this timing is actually really perfect for them because Hearthstone has, um, their standard years. So their big set rotations and stuff happen usually in April. So having an event in February was actually really, really good timing for them. So, um, but again, they were supposed to deliver based on the, um, roadmap that they put out at the last BlizzCon. So in 2019, they had said that they were going to do a, um, uh, whatchamacallit, a new game mode was supposed to come in phase three of this year. And we hadn't heard anything about it. Phase three is ending when the next expansion comes out. And then we find out that they're actually launching it in some time. Again, we didn't get release dates. We got release dates for like nothing. Um, So, yeah, we ended up getting um, no release date for it, but people are kind of expecting that it'll be later on in phase one of this year. So basically almost six months after it was kind of expected. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like Hearthstone had uh, and and they didn't actually tell us what it was. (laughs) They basically gave us a name, uh, which was. um, Not great, (laughs) like it looks like. It's going to be one thing like it looks very slay the spirey. Right. But then at the same time, like some interviews have compared it to slay the spire, but then other interviews have said, no, it's not like slay the spire. It's more like, I don't know, insert other game here that I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Like it's it was very weird. It was almost like they and they did it for um, World of Warcraft as well with the next patch. It was very much like 
you guys tell us what you want and then we'll make it. And we were kind of like, no, <laughs> you're supposed to tell us what you've made and tell us we can play it next week. <laughs> like, have you never been to a BlizzCon Blizzard? So I think it was the name more than anything that really set expectations pretty high. Well, they also and delayed I think that, it as well, right? Like they did. Yeah. So a normal BlizzCon takes place in November. This one obviously taking place in February. I think it's just because they were uh, really holding out hope that we'd be able to get together. <laughs> and obviously we can't. So, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was just. Um, shrug. <laughs> OK, yeah, I mean, that was sort of my reaction to to it. I mean, again, I'm not as steeped in, in Blizzard stuff. I don't play Hearthstone. Uh, I'm not playing WoW right now. Uh, Diablo 4 and Overwatch are are far out. I mean, they didn't even have Overwatch 2 in the opening ceremony, which I feel was yeah. like a big missing feature because it sounded like it sounded like they didn't have announceables for Overwatch 2. It was just kind of more of the same because nothing kind of sort of came to mind when I was sort of going through the news. It's like there was nothing Overwatch 2 related. It was all just kind of like, it still looks great. It's still coming whenever um and and the diablo 2 resurrected stuff i I will say this about diablo 2 resurrected for people who love diablo 2 i i i know they are probably looking at this remake and just praying to the diablo gods that it is good um but yeah and that was the other piece is that they really heavily focused on this remake which Mm. is great but on the other hand they just put warcraft 3 out and most of that team is gone There's a whole entire studio that they uh, kind of absorbed or bought or however it worked out. I don't know. Activision business. I think they just moved them over. right? Yeah. Like whatever. Uh, Point is new team uh, for uh, this project specifically. And so I am one of the people who didn't pay a whole lot of attention to the Diablo 2 stuff mostly because of warcraft 3 and how that all failed because no matter what they tell me right now what they've proven to me is they can tell me shit at blizzcon and then totally change the product by the time it launches yeah and so i don't have a whole lot of faith in them to deliver on what they're telling me so that's just me. I think those feelings and thoughts are kind of echoed a little bit in the community. Some people are really stoked on it. And I'm glad that there are some people that are very, very excited, want to see this remake, want to play Diablo 2 again, and they're putting their faith in Blizzard and they're being all rah, rah, yay. Like, that's great. I'm glad that there are optimistic people still out there. <laughs> it yeah. just... It's just not me, and it's because um, I was really, really excited about the Warcraft property. Diablo is not close to my heart in any way, shape, or form, so if they screw up Diablo 2, I don't really care. Um, But Warcraft 3, I was super excited about, and I really wanted to see all of those promises they made in mm-hmm. like the the new cinematics and all that kind of stuff and the you know the upgrades to the voice work and and just like expanding on all of that basically what they showed us at blizzcon i was stoked to play and then what they delivered was not that so i'm hoping that history doesn't repeat itself with this diablo 2 remake but i'm more inclined to think i don't know maybe i'm just being overly pessimistic and cautious and I whatever i don't think but. they can make that mistake again specifically with diablo 2 i mean when you look at warcraft 3 um sure if wow never happened warcraft 3 was this amazing thing 
that is a product of its time and it's really great and it's a classic but warcraft warcraft 1 warcraft 2 warcraft 3 they were all sort of they were popular but they were sort of overshadowed by other blizzard properties like starcraft was always the big rts yeah and i feel like starcraft fans um really were Which, like that was that was a point that was actually a point that garrett made was like mm. hey the same company made this amazing rts in starcraft why when you're doing remakes are you not you know like fixing some control issues and and making some of those upgrades because that's the other thing too is that industry-wide we have a higher bar now for remakes of games like you can't really just upgrade your graphics anymore which is essentially what kingdoms of amalur did you can't really get away with that and call it a remake anymore right mm. like people are looking for things like what mass effect looks like they're doing where they're taking older stuff and they're changing uis and they're fixing control issues and they're you know like they're they're fixing the core issues with their game and basically presenting you the same story but in a different engine which you know is kind of now just the expectation so if you're not going to hit that bar which blizzard absolutely did not even though they promised that bar and more um then i think that's where you're going to start to run into issues with fans so hmm. yeah yeah I, I we'll have to see i mean we didn't get as much information as we would normally at a blizzcon but there was a lot of good info there it just kind of depends what you're interested in like if you're a heroes fan you were so mad <laughs> like if you were um a starcraft fan or an overwatch fan like there was some stuff there for you but it was mostly like exhibition type things there yeah it just uh they missed a lot of marks in a lot of cases so yeah we'll see we'll see and and the big thing was uh no uh release dates on stuff so or or very yeah. few release dates we did get some things but very few release dates so that that to me is the that biggest was a little bit kicker. disappointing yeah the fact that they didn't tie even windows to a lot of because usually at blizzcon they gave us they well whenever they'd make an announcement they'd say launching before december 31st 2020 or whatever and that gave them that window to basically tie us over until they announced an official release date and i feel we got that with diablo 2 resurrected which was 2021 um i like the idea that that game is going to be like sort of cross progression and uh, basically allowing you to play across platforms um as long as you own the game on them but mm -hmm. it's it's one of those things where i would like to see blizzard i think blizzard should have done this a while ago is i think they should adopt the sort of nintendo direct it's no longer copying it's it's just it's the platform of choice for for most you know folks uh most video game players is like give us the news when you got the news you know yeah if, if yeah. you can queue up a a a, a blizz a blizzcon line or don't even call it blizzcon you're right just call it something yeah Come no up that was that was name. the big mistake yeah yeah have your blizzcon for sure and even try to find a way to make a digital blizzcon work and happen but use the use other moments to do uh, announcements like give us a, a blizzard direct every quarter where you're giving us updates on different games. And I think you can start to break apart that expectation that you, you are going to give us an update on every one of your, your games. I think that was the core issue with BlizzCon 2021 is like, where's the heroes? Where's the Starcraft? And it's like, we are one company. 
and we're building more of these IPs out and, and building, you know, splinter projects out of things. So we're not necessarily going to have updates on every single, uh, uh, you know, IP that we have. And yeah. I think if they went to the more Nintendo Direct approach, they could they could get away with announcing just Warcraft stuff or just Diablo stuff and people wouldn't, the, the internet wouldn't light on fire, but don't have the heroes account tweet about it. I think that's, Oh my God. Yeah. That was such, <laughs> like, I felt so bad for whoever that social media person was that had to do yeah. that. Like, Oh, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, overall it was a good event and, and it was fun. So I'm glad that we got something uh, instead of nothing, but uh yeah, that's I think that's that's it. That's that's our big <laughs> our big news section. There was a lot. And yeah. like we said earlier, the Sony uh, the Sony thing is coming as well. So we'll have uh, more information on what they announce on Thursday next week. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us tonight. So thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I know we we did have an email as well, and we're probably going to um, bring that in next week. Yeah, because we'll, there's some discussion for it. There is some discussion, but uh, yeah, thank you so much, Gabe, for writing in. Uh, we do have some some stuff to talk about around uh, Medium. So that'll actually also give you guys, if you haven't already played Medium, that'll give you guys a chance to check it out uh, before we actually talk about it again next week in a spoiler section near the end of the show. So, um, but yeah, that's that's everything for tonight. So uh, you can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. And remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye.